Fourth quarter here on Kenny and Carlin on a Monday on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And, big fella, the 2022 NFL Draft has come and gone. And we touched on some of the teams that we thought were huge winners in the NFL Draft. But that also leaves the other side of the spectrum with some teams that left us scratching our head based on what we saw them do. And for me, the biggest one of those teams in terms of a question mark coming out of the NFL draft has to be the Dallas Cowboys. I just don't understand what they did at the top of the draft with their first two picks. Now, I don't ever want to be dismissive of Will McClay, their senior scouting department executive. Like He's done a great job of being able to find talent. I mean, heck, you got to consider last year's draft a home run just because they found Michael Parsons, who ended up being rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, and could have been in the conversation for defensive player of the year. He's just that damn good. They were able to trade back and still get that guy. So I I do want to give them a little credit for being able to navigate the draft and be able to navigate the process, but you got to help me here. Tyler Smith out of Tulsa with the 24th overall pick and then reaching for Sam Williams out of Ole Miss with a second-round pick. I just don't understand exactly what the Cowboys' plan was. It seemed like they were caught a little flat-footed. They weren't agile based on how the draft was falling and how the players that they had highly rated on their board were coming off and being picked. I'm waiting for the Cowboys still to take Jermaine Johnson. (laughs) Honestly, there's still one player. Chris, every year... We'll look at particular guys and how they perform and the relative frustration of watching a situation where that guy could have been better. When you have Randy Gregory and you have him leave your team this offseason, I don't know how you can possibly justify passing up on Jermaine Johnson. Like, wouldn't it feel like to the Cowboys, that's an instance where at 24, he's still there. I think consensus was that most people had him in their top 20, 15 picks. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. And now that he's sitting there at 24, it almost makes me feel like Jerry's wondering why is he still there at 24 and almost getting a little nervous about it. You have to get somebody that is going to rush the passer. I don't care that you might want to think of him as a one-year wonder at Florida State after he didn't do a ton mm-hmm. at Georgia. The guy was premier, and the Jets couldn't wait to trade back up and get him. I'm going to look at his production for the next five years, and I'm going to think of the Cowboys if he's that good. I don't understand the Tyler Smith thing. I, I don't get it. I get that you need help on the offensive line, yep. but I think you needed to do better than that, and I know that you needed a lot more help when it comes to the pass rush and you didn't address it nearly soon enough. No, I'm with you on that one. The pick that I did like in their draft class was Jalen Tolbert out of South Alabama. That kid is a home run waiting to happen. We'll see how quickly he gets acclimated to life in the NFL as being a receiver. But I'll say this. I, I, I mean, Jake it, Ferguson's a good tight end yeah, at, I mean, at Wisconsin. He's yeah, okay. He's, he's okay. I mean, listen, I, I don't know that they've got guys that can be difference makers in the way that the Cowboys no. need them to. No. This is not going to be where you find a guy like you found Micah Parsons last year. And quite frankly, their team could have used that this year because you're talking about losing one of your top pass catchers in Amari Cooper, who ends up being a cap casualty. You had to trade him. 
Then you're talking about losing Lyle Collins, who was a cap casualty. Cedric Wilson's gone, too. Caught up. Cedric Wilson signed as a free agent with the Miami Dolphins. Randy Gregory went in free agency to the Denver Broncos. You didn't do enough this offseason to replenish the ranks. You didn't You didn't put more talent in the coffers. You just didn't. And so everybody looked to the NFL draft, and we know how the Dallas Cowboys value their draft picks. Stephen Jones said coming into draft week that they'd be willing to move up for the right kind of players. Well, this was an instance where you didn't have to move up. You could have got a guy that would have addressed a major need, a guy that would have been somebody to offset the loss in production that you had from Randy Gregory. You were ready to pay Randy Gregory $70 million, and he walked in free agency. You, you got to have some kind of contingency. I thought Jermaine Johnson II would have been a perfect fit for what the Dallas Cowboys wanted to do. They didn't go that way. So Tyler Smith, a huge reach. I don't know that he's going to be ready to step in and be your starting right tackle. When Mel Kuyper broke it down, he said, this guy is a penalty waiting to happen. Carlin, the Cowboys were the most penalized team in the National Football League last year. 141 penalties. When Mel goes into uh, size, not great. Speed, uh, not great. And then the penalties, those are the first three things he's talking about. Not great. And then I turn over to the Packers, and I, I'm sorry. I, I don't care that they got Christian Watson in the second round, and maybe he turns out to be a great answer there. But to me, the Packers needed to go bigger than that. Mm. They, they needed to be more aggressive than that. You can say, well, they ended up getting him anyway. Christian Watson, if you're going to talk to me about that, needs to be Chris Olave then. Needs to be somebody of big stature that is a tremendous receiver. He can't just be a nice guy that Aaron Rodgers makes better. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yep. I, if I'm the Packers, I've traded away Devontae Adams. I've gotten these extra picks. Why don't I do something with it to make an immediate impact with somebody? Are you telling me that I couldn't go and make a move? I mean, the Detroit Lions are sitting at 32, and they traded 20 spots up to yep. go get Jamison Williams. You couldn't do that? You couldn't think about trying to move up to go get somebody that was on the board at 11 or 12 that was still a big-time difference-making receiver? Take a, Just think about what Jamison Williams and Aaron Rodgers would look like together once he's ready to play. That That's where I really fault what the Packers were doing. To take two defensive players in round one made zero sense to me. Zero. Yeah, I, I don't understand that either, Carlin. And if you look at what the Detroit Lions really gave up to make that move from the back end of the first round to number, what, 12 overall? Mm-hmm. You're talking about a second-round pick. Yeah. That's what it cost you. I would gladly give 20 up 20 spots. I would gladly give up a second-round pick and flop ones if it meant I still had another number one pick and a chance to get Jamison Williams. But they didn't go that way. Now, I will say this. I do like the players that they did select out of Georgia. I think Quay Walker from an athlete standpoint, is highly underrated and was a productive player on that defense, as well as Devontae Wyatt. I think he has the potential to be a three-down player. But if the Green Bay Packers... He's got gonna, a little baggage, too, though. Yeah, he's, Wyatt, got, some, yeah. he's got some baggage. But, yeah. I mean, listen, we ain't baking cookies out here. You know, this is the National Football League. We're all about trying to win games. And so the one thing I will say is Green Bay ain't going to win a championship because of their defense. They're going to win a championship because you're going to bring out the best in Aaron Rodgers and hopefully he can bring out the best in everybody else in that organization. Yeah, but at that point, when I'm trading away one of the top two to three receivers in the league, 
I have to do better than just sitting and waiting. And that's what they did. They sit, they sat and waited and hoped. And yep. it fell their way to a degree, but I, I'm sorry. Unless you tell me that none of the receivers that went near the top of the draft were worth it, which I don't believe to be true at all, uh, then you absolutely butchered this. I, I hope the defensive players turn out to be good for you, but Aaron Rodgers can't consistently be asked to make every single receiver better when he lost MVS, too. Yeah, I mean, you need Aaron Rodgers to be a force multiplier, especially after losing what a lot of people think is the best wide receiver in football. So that is a heavy ask, even for a guy that you're paying $50 million a year. But coming up next, are the Philadelphia 76ers about to ask the guy that they're about to pay $50 million a year the same thing when it comes to their second-round series against the Miami Heat? Colin and I'll explain. You're listening to ESPN Radio back after this. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We something like it. We something like Snoop Dogg at DRE. I, I'm probably not. But it is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your car, home, motorcycle, commercial auto, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Let me tell you who needs some protection. That's going to be Doc Rivers if this series down in Miami gets ugly. And Carlin, without Joel Embiid the first couple of games, I have a hard time envisioning the Philadelphia 76ers being able to make this even look competitive. No, they're not winning this series. They're they're not. Doc, just (laughs) own it. Just freaking own it. This is not going your way. And Doc is going to end up getting fired here. And I, I'm, this is the spot. This is the series where it happens. Yeah, it's not because of this series, but it's because of the entire look of this. Right? They're going to hire. We what have we been talking about? They're going to hire Mike D'Antoni because that's who James Harden wants, and because Daryl Moore is going to do everything that James Harden wants. That's why Harden wants to be there. But listen, based on the James Harden that we got, are you sure that that's the way to go with things? I know. No, absolutely not. But okay. I know Doc isn't because. Say whatever you want, whatever Doc has to do to rationalize it to himself, it's fine. Whatever gets you through sleeping at night. 
Joel Embiid is not on the court tonight because Doc Rivers left him in too long when he was up by 30, by 30 with four minutes left in a game. I don't care when Doc talks about, look at the other team. They still got their guys in. Look at all these other teams around the league and how late this... You're up 30. The game is over. The series is over. You know what? If they somehow cut it to 12 with two minutes left and they go on a 17-0 run in two minutes, put him back in. All right? <laughs> Let him get back into the game. But other than that, the reason that Embiid is out for the next two at least is because Doc left him in the game. You can't... When it comes to a player like Embiid and his history... All I know is that I have to do everything I can to protect the guy. I'm not talking about putting him in bubble wrap, but I'm talking about taking him on the court, off the court when it's not necessary for him to be out there. Yeah, and that's the thing that I'm surprised about, Carlin, because I talked about this earlier in the Toronto series. It was after game two when the Philadelphia 76ers had a 20-plus point lead, and we were talking about the final five minutes, and I couldn't understand why Doc wouldn't pick that spot to try to get his guys some rest. Get those guys off the court Makes because no you're sense. talking about Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, and James Harden logging 40-plus minutes. And we said that that wasn't going to be something that's sustainable throughout the entirety of a playoff because you're hoping that this team goes on a deep playoff run and that they're anchored by Joel Embiid. And now you got Harden still wearing the fat suit, still with a bad hamstring, <laughs> who's now going to have to play 43 minutes a night and try to give you 35 points in one of these two games so that you can hopefully steal one in Miami, which I think is incredibly optimistic. Yeah, you're hurting, You're hoping that he doesn't get hurt trying to do more to account for the lack of production that you're going to get with Joel Embiid being out of the lineup. That, that's I, the crazy thing about what Doc did. And so it's not like we couldn't see this thing coming, but it's happening for a different reason. I thought because of the heavy minutes that they would log that you would see a fall-off in their productivity but now we're talking about the injury factor, too. And here's another thing, Carlin. How about when you got your foot on their throats and you're up 3-0, you find a way to close out the series? Why are you letting it get to a game six? Yeah. Why, why, why did they come back to Philadelphia and win a game? Hey, hey, it's nice that you were able to turn it on in game six. Never should have gotten to that point. That's my point. If yep. you were able to do that in game six, why couldn't you do it in game about, five? It, Maybe no, you would like be talking about Joel in game five. That's my point. Yep. I don't understand it. This is why you put teams away, because with every extra game you play, that's more minutes on your players and more opportunities for them to get hurt. But it's not my fault. It's not, listen, you guys got to look at the individual well, who, situations. Well, well, who's, well, who's it on then? If it's not, exactly. I thought, I thought if you're the head coach, the buck stops with you. The responsibility is yours. No, 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 no. If you're Doc, the buck stops with the next guy. And he points around the league to point to everything else that went wrong and everything else that happened with his team in the series that they lose in the many, many, many series that his teams have blown over the years. Uh, Doc's got a new nickname for me, the common denominator. Because when <laughs> things are going wrong, he's the common denominator, and he has no interest in accepting responsibility for any of it. And it's one of those topics, Chris, we work together a decent amount. Yeah. But you'll you'll see with me, it's one of those topics that the more I talk about it, the more I get aggravated by it yeah. because it feels like an unnecessary ignorance. Mm -hmm. There is an unnecessary ignorance that Doc Rivers has displayed and just no desire whatsoever to accept blame of the situation.
it's maddening. We'll call, we'll call, it's maddening, but it seems like you got Doc Rivers pegged. You figured it out. There's one other element here that you're going to have to help me figure out. Because based on the reports that we're hearing now, Joel Embiid, although he's not traveling with the team down to Miami, is expected to potentially give it a go in Game 3. Now, we know that he's dealing not only with the orbital bone fracture in his face, but he's also dealing with you know concussive symptoms based on the concussion that he suffered from being hit in the head by Pascal Siakam. So the question that i got to throw out to you is this. If you can potentially play in Game 3 in the remainder of the series thereafter, why can't you play in games one and two? Okay, I'm going to put that more on the concussion side. Okay. I'm going to put that more on the concussion side because fractured orbital orbital bone, I mean, I'm obviously not a doctor. Sure. I mean, I worked in a pharmacy, so I'm almost And you stayed a at a Holiday Inn before. Exactly. I'm yeah. almost a doctor. I mean, that that's clear. But my point is, when you have that kind of a situation where you can wear the mask and do all that kind of stuff, I have to believe... And it also tips me off that he didn't travel. Yep. Has a lot more to do with the concussion part of it than it does with the orbital bone. Because you don't want a guy with a concussion getting on an airplane. That's not an ideal situation. That's how I would phrase it. Or that's how I would look at it. And maybe there's a, a pressurized <laughs> thing with the plane, with the orbital bone. Sure, I don't know. Sure. Maybe maybe all of those things are a factor, but we are talking about the playoffs, Carlin. Yeah, I know, but I'm in every And every game matters. You will also learn that I am an Embiid impologist. Oh, am, is that a part of the... <laughs> absolutely, I am absolutely a Joel Embiid So the Embiid process works as long as you show your work. I love Joel Embiid. <laughs> I love him. He's never done anything wrong in his entire life. Listen, I love Joel Embiid, too, and I don't think he gets enough credit for how he anchored this team dealing with the Ben Simmons fiasco coming into this season and how he held it down until they made the James Harden trade. I don't think he gets enough credit for that. And I think he's a great competitor. I, I think he's a top competitor, too. But it sucks to not have him at the beginning of this series because I think this series has the potential to be a real dogfight now, not so much because the Sixers just don't have the firepower to go up against that Miami Heat defense and come out on the winning side of things. But coming up next, speaking of teams on the winning side of things, have the Phoenix Suns reestablished themselves as the team to beat in the Western Conference? We'll talk to the man that's on the call for tonight's game oh, one. yes. With the Suns and the Mavs. That's up next. You're listening to Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. The NBA playoffs are on ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight as the Suns host the Mavs. Presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 9.30 Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. Mark Kestisher and PJ Carlissimo are on the call. And speaking of which, Carlin, we got to go out to the CC call-in line because we do have our good friend, ESPN Radio play-by-play announcer Mark Kestisher on the line. And, Mark, we appreciate your time as always. Before we get into the game that you're calling tonight between the Suns and the Mavs, I got to ask you about the 76ers going down to South Beach to take on the Miami Heat without Joel Embiid. What do you think James Harden has to do in order for the Heat and the Sixers to become a competitive series? Yeah, well, Chris, first of all, good to be on with you. Congratulations on your show. Two of my favorite guys. Um, Yeah, I thought, you know, for a moment, first of all, the answer to your question, James Harden is going to have to be like James Harden used to be. And I'm not sure where that guy went to. You know, the first three games in Philadelphia looked pretty smashing and then, I remember we were on the call for uh, the Denver game in Philly. Maybe it was his fifth or sixth or seventh game and didn't look like the same guy and thought that might ebb and flow, but it really hasn't returned. Um, And I thought maybe they caught a little break because Miami is beat up as well uh, with no Kyle Lowry. And then I saw an injury report yesterday that included Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero and Max Struess and P.J. Tucker. All those guys are playing, by the way. I just found out, like, in the last hour. So uh, any any advantage they might have had with Miami being injured has been gone. But Harden, guys, that's the quick answer, is he's going to have to dial it back, you know, to last year, the way he played with Brooklyn and certainly in his years with Houston. But I just don't know if he's capable. We'll find out. Kesty, uh, when you look at this game tonight with the Sixers trying to find a way. To me, it's about getting one of these two in Miami and then just kind of going from there and hoping and praying with Embiid. I I just wonder how they're going to be able to score enough if Harden still isn't that player when you have a Miami team that has been based 100% around its defensive side. If you're Harden, how are you trying to attack this like you were trying to get to the old James Harden? You know, it's 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 a tough one when you when you think about it because a you need him like you said, Chris. It, it, they need points. They need big points from him. And yet, when you're playing against a team as defensively sound as Miami, sometimes you're playing into their strategy to yeah, let James Harden score fifty. We're not going to let anybody else score, and we're going to have more points than you at the end of the night. So, you know, it seems to me, and I don't know how it's going to get done. The, you know, the unheralded guys on the roster, along with James Harden, I mean, they're going to have to move the ball. They're, they're going to have to play like we haven't seen them play in a while, certainly, especially since Embiid went down. It's, they're in a tough spot, you know, opening up on the road. A lot of people haven't really watched Miami this year, and I detailed all the guys who were banged up, but they're going to be good enough, uh, more than good enough. And, you know, they've, they've had a little rest, too. So... You know, the key is going to, it's going to be an ugly game. I mean, first to 100 probably wins. And the question is, how is Philadelphia going to get those 100 points? Talking with ESPN Radio play-by-play announcer Mark Kestisher on Canty and Carlin. And Mark, transitioning to the game that you're on the call for tonight between the Suns and the Mavs, game one of the second round. With Devin Booker being back for Phoenix, are the Suns now the again the team to beat in the Western Conference? 
or does that still belong to the Golden State Warriors? I think uh, well, we were in Memphis yesterday, and uh, that was a heck of a performance by Golden State. And the way Jordan Poole is playing, he has added, um, you know, to the Splash Brothers and you know their ability to to mix and match and play small and all that. So I'm probably still going to give them a slight edge. I want to see what Devin Booker looks like. Give him a ton of credit for coming back. I know it was a grade one, but still. You know, you don't want to mess with hamstrings, especially these finely tuned athletes in the NBA where, you know, you're making explosive moves and, you know, one hamstring or groin or calf that's not 100% healed, you know, could go on you or cause a different injury. So, you know, I give them credit for uh, coming in, uh, coming back, you know, in a very tough series against New Orleans. Um, if he's 100%, we'll probably see some on Luka tonight. And Doncic also working his way back toward 100% after the calf injury. Um, you know, I, I put the Suns right there with Golden State, and I said it all second half. You know, Dallas isn't far off. Like, no one talks about Dallas. Like, nobody talked about Boston for most of the second half of the season. And the Luka injury on the last day of the regular season kind of sullied it for them. And, you know, they had a tough uh, date with Utah. But, you know, Jalen Brunson – uh, stood up and filled the gap, and Luca's back, and they play really good defense. Uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to this series tonight uh, between two teams, you know, with Golden State, and even you got to put Memphis, even though they're young there. The four teams, I know it's chalk in the West, but these are four teams that all could have a claim to getting to the NBA Finals. Mark Kestershire's got the call tonight of the Suns and Mavericks game one. So how do the Mavericks match up with Phoenix, Kesty? I think it's uh, I think it's a good matchup. You know the the biggest the toughest thing for me is how Dallas will match up with DeAndre Ayton. Um, Ayton has been a difficult matchup for them. Uh, Ayton, you know, is a two way guy. He's going to be an offensive player in addition to a defensive player, and that's not what Dallas saw in the Utah series. I mean, Gobert can score, you know, but he's an elite defensive player, and he's you know not the guy on offense that you're going to key on. And even though DeAndre Ayton is the third guy, um, you know, on the, on the offensive spectrum, I'm interested to see how Dallas will match up and how they will stop that pick and roll with Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton. To me, that seems to be the big part of the series is we know, you know what Devin Booker and Chris Paul can do. We know what Luka Doncic and Jalen Brunson can do. Do those two on two matchups cancel each other out and then it comes down to Dallas big versus DeAndre Ayton. I think that's where the matchup hangs in the balance. Kesty, really quickly because we're up against the break, some of the fallout from that Maz Jazz series, you're starting to hear grumblings out of Utah that the two stars, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, can't coexist. From your perspective, what's the likelihood that both of those guys are back together in Utah next season? Yeah, it's a great question. We were talking about that over lunch today and um, it would be a shame because it's two really good players that everything you hear is that's, that, you know, uh, off the court hasn't been good. Uh, I don't know if both are getting back, but I also question, uh, you know, what that team's going to look like when it comes back. Is their head coach, you know, going to be there? Are they going to run it back with the same crew? Um, you know, I- I'm a half, I'm a, gla- a glass half full guy. So I'm thinking they can get it together because when they play well together, you know, they're, two of the outstanding players in the NBA. I'd hate to see it get broke up, but, you know, after a while, it's, it's hard to run it out there over and over. And we've seen in the NBA guys with big contracts, 
guys that have played to, uh, well together in a market, they move quick. So it wouldn't surprise me if, if we see a, a change in Salt Lake City next year. All right. Well, Casty, we appreciate a few minutes of your time, and we look forward to the call later on tonight. Carla and Candy, good to be on with you guys. Casty, stay handsome, but I know that's redundant. <laughs> that is ESPN Radio play-by-play announcer Mark Kestisher, who's on the call for Suns Mavs, and coverage begins at 9.30 Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. Coming up next... On Thin Ice with Ryan Matlack, Kenny and Carlin, NHL Playoff Preview. What? Exactly. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sportsbook bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Big fella, the puck drops on the NHL playoffs tonight. Woo! The Tampa Bay Lightning on their quest to three-peat have to go through Ryan Matlack's Toronto Maple Leafs. And for more on the <laughs> NHL in this chase for the Stanley Cup, we're going to turn it over to Ryan Matlack and On Thin Ice with Ryan Matlack. Matlack, what we got? Woo! <laughs> 
We ready for some puck, boys? How we doing? Yeah, we're good, man. We're good. What you got for us, Let's man? Let's get right into it. Get us primed and ready. This is all Matt Luck's been doing all day, getting ready for this three Oh, minutes. no doubt. No doubt. No it's doubt. amazing we haven't gotten a silence alarm. You are right about that, Chris. Probably not going to get through all of them here, but let's try to hit it. Heck of a season. Uh, whether you have an illness like rooting for the Leafs or you're just a casual fan, we're going to try to get you set up, ready to go here. Grow your beards, or in my case, a mustache. And try to get ready. Let's go to the Western Conference. Avs and Preds. Congrats to the Colorado Avalanche for getting a first round bye. If the Preds get a win, I will be shocked. I will drink Molson out of my left skate. I promise you, Chris. <laughs> blues and Wild. I'm so conflicted on this one. Uh, the Wild and Blues, two teams are both, honestly, cup contenders in my eyes, especially the way the Blues have been playing recently. I'm a Marc Andre Fleury fan, so I'm going to back the Wild on this one. Very biased, as always. Should be another reckless series in the West. Flames and Stars. Stars sneak in. I always like a hot team going to the playoffs, but I love what Calgary has done with their offense this year. They beefed up a little bit, got Sutter back. I think this is one of those years where you can really trust them to make a run. How many Canadian teams, boys, can we sneak into the playoffs? I'd like to say all of them. And I think the Oilers will actually complete the sweep. They'll get in there. Connor McDavid, obviously, one of the best in the league. The NHL wants this guy front and center along as, you know, with stars like Austin Matthews and have and uh, you know whatnot. So this is one of those guys that the NHL wants to move on. We'll see if it happens. Eastern Conference. Goldhorn for a breath. <laughs> Woo! President Trophy winning Panthers host the Caps in round one. Life comes at you fast, guys. Ovi and the Caps are steep underdogs. That being said, if there's one first round series that has first round or upset potential, it is this one. Hurricanes go up to Boston without their starting goaltender tonight. Watch out for that, Freddie Anderson. You're so disrespectful. You're so disrespectful because I heard what you just said, and we're just being completely dismissive of the team that has back to back Stanley Cups. Oh, do, do do you think we should focus on them a little bit? I'm just saying, just a little bit. I'll jump ahead. You know what this means, though? I have to go past your Rangers. I hope you're cool with that. I'm okay with that. All right, go Rangers, go Gerard Gallant. Great PEI Islander. Go Maritimes. Uh, Going to the Leafs, (laughs) Bolts, Leafs. I got 17 seconds. I know it. Maple Leafs, this is one of those years where you have to look at the past six times they failed to get out of the first round and say to yourself, well, it was against the Avalanche or the uh, Canadians last year who were, you know, the worst team in the NHL this year. Might as well just go against the Cup champs back in a few seconds. See ya. Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. I'm sorry, I thought we were done. <laughs> no, we're not done because Matlack is going to continue to play the music, and that's on Thin Ice with Ryan Matlack. That was an awesome segment, getting you primed for the NHL, NHL playoffs. The puck drops on that tonight. We also got to give a shout-out, Carlin, to all of the guests that came through on our show today. Shout-out to Derek Bodner from the Daily Six, getting us ready for Sixers Heat in round two of the NBA playoffs, as well as our ESPN play-by-play announcer, Mark Kestisher, getting us ready for Suns-Mavs, a game which he's on the call for at 9.30 tonight. The coverage starts on our air. And then, of course, our very own Mina Kimes, Getting us a little bit of a recap for the NFL draft that happened over the course of this weekend. If you missed any of it, go to the Kenny and Carlin podcast, download, rate, and subscribe. We greatly appreciate it. But now is the time for us to go three and out. Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is... Three and out. And and three and out today is brought to you by Fidelity Investments. And Carlin, for three and out, I think a good place for us to start is what's going on 
Well, I mean, I don't want to go with the NHL playoffs. We just had Ryan Matlack give us a preview for the NHL playoffs. So did, I think we did can. Did Matlack put it up on the screen again? Yes, hoping I, I, we think, would I, up? I, I think I think he wants to get more NHL playoffs involved. He's in dead there. wrong, I, by I the think, way. Calgary think, doesn't have enough. I think offense. I think we're good with that. But let's go back to the NFL draft this past weekend. What was some of your favorite NFL draft moments? Well, I, a couple of things. Number one. I don't need Chris Angel or the Blue Man Group, okay? <laughs> Chris Angel, upside down in a straitjacket, spinning at about 50 miles an hour, taking himself out of the straitjacket. I guess it's not that impressive. Really? really? Not that impressive. I, okay. I feel like, you know, that, that key was probably in his mouth, and I'm sure he got that undone uh. that way. Listen, that was not... And then you drop the guy, like, go away, Chris Angel. And then the Blue Man Group... There are just, you know, there are some acts in Vegas that just freak me out. Okay. The Blue Man Group freaks me out. Really? Yeah. I. That. So guy, even when Shaq is with the Blue Man Group, you still have a problem with yeah, him? Yeah, well, it's, it's just, I don't, I can only imagine a guy like, it's like being afraid of clowns. If, if a guy like that walks up to you and he's not talking and he's got a blue face, I just assume he's there to kill me. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong? Yeah, I think you're taking this to, to an extreme, big know. fella. I don't the know. The Blue Man Group, you really have a big problem with that? I, I, I'm just not I'm not, a, I'm not a fan. I mean, this is supposed to be some of, I, I guess we did say memorable. I, I thought favorite. I, I mean, yeah. to me, a favorite draft moment is when they had the young man, Sam Prince, that announced the Giants fifth overall awesome. pick. He was a make-a-wish kid, wanted to announce it. Kayvon Thibodeau celebrated with him. But uh, we saw it on the NFL Network that Rich Eisen actually had Sam Prince on their set and allowed him to host a segment with Peter Schrager and Daniel Jeremiah and Charles Davis. Now, for those of you that don't know, Sam Prince, a Make-A-Wish kid, big Giants fan, he's also an aspiring sportscaster. So Rich Eisen always hits the nail on the head when it comes to having a level of awareness. He did the right thing. He let the kids sit in the big chair and drive the segment. So I thought that was really cool from NFL Draft Weekend. Keeping it pushing on three and out. Big fella, tonight we got the Suns and the Mavs, and the Phoenix Suns are five-point favorites. And, of course, Luka Doncic scoring more than 30.5 points is at minus 120. So are you seeing any value in any of those lines in tonight's matchup? Oh, I got value. We're going to tie that together. We're going to take those five points. We're going to take that over 30 and a half on Luka. We're going to tie those together in a little two-way parlay. Listen, I can see the Suns winning this game, but I do think this will be a tight game tonight. Okay. So I will take the five points happily on the Mavericks, and then I will absolutely take over 30 and a half. Tie them together. Let's see if we can make a little money. Look at look at you trying to get the listeners some bread. I am all about it. Now, how much do you stand behind this is the question that I have. In other words, will I do it myself? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Will you do it yourself? Are you saying it with your chest or this is just more of a, you know, a mild suggestion? This is more like a, one of those situations where you're putting just a little bit of coin on it. You're not putting the family fortune on it. Uh, well, I'm not putting the family fortune on anything. Okay. And uh, listen, well, I'll put the family fortune on the Miami Heat winning this series against the Philadelphia 76ers. Okay. And listen, that you're not exactly going out on a limb there. But that's the point. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I got this parlay at plus 192. I'm on board, okay? Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah okay. That means, I'll, I'll throw, yeah, I'll throw you're, 25 you're putting, bucks. You're putting something behind it. Yeah, 20 bucks. You're putting something <laughs> behind it. <laughs> I'll back it up. All right, keeping it pushing on three and out. 
this is a pretty cool story that we have coming out of the Atlantic League. So the Staten Island Ferry Hawks, a lot of people might not be familiar with that. You might not be familiar with the groundbreaking news that happened with them over the course of this weekend. And it's surrounded by a woman by the name of Kelsey Whitmore, who makes history as the first woman to start for an MLB partner league. Now, Kelsey Whitmore uh, on Sunday became the first woman to start a game in the Atlantic League. Uh, it was a game against the Gastonia Honey Hunters and the, and the Staten Island Ferry Hawks. Of course, Whitmore with the Ferry Hawks. The 23-year-old started in left field, recorded a few fly balls. She's a Cal State Fullerton alum. She went for 0 for 2 for the plate and batting ninth. But she pulled. She was pulled from the game in the eighth inning after being hit by a pitch. But it's a pretty cool story about having the opportunity to be a part of this league, having an opportunity to pitch and hit thanks to the Otani rule. Kelsey Whitmore breaking the glass ceiling and being a part of a major league baseball affiliated leagues. This is a really cool story. Absolutely love it. And like, if I'm living in Staten Island, that's something I'm going to go check out. I want to go. Watch them play because for, for me, I'm a huge minor league baseball guy. Mm-hmm. I absolutely would go check it out, and it's just a fantastic story. No Come doubt on. about it. No doubt about it. So, shout out to Kelsey Whitmore from Canty and Carlin. Now, big fella, getting to the games tonight. Who you got? Give me, give me the Heat tonight, and then, uh, like I said, I'm going to take the five points, but give me the Mavericks to win the game outright. Really? Yeah. Wow. Just, and I still think the Suns are going to the finals. But give me the Mavericks to win game one, one outright. This might, on the this, this might sound a little strange, mm. but I'm with you on that Mavs train. Mm. I am with you. I am with you. It's just something about. Maybe the, we go money line instead. I'm just. There's something about the physicality that Dallas is bringing to the table, especially with their backcourt. Jalen Brunson is an animal of which the you know, Chris Paul has not seen the likes of so far during the playoffs. So this is a this is different than Jose Alvarado. This guy can actually play and he's got a body type in a game that could give Chris Paul a lot of problems. You want to jump on board? I'm just saying, I'm jumping you on board. You want to jump on board? Uh, of course I'm taking the Miami Heat. I don't care who's playing for them. I, I'm taking the Miami Heat. Coming up next, you got Spain and Fitz followed by Mavs and Sons game 1.